to Living Water Radio. There are many good reasons to be afraid these days, and one great reason not to. Today, we're going to find out what it is. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area. Maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. There are many reasons to be afraid. Rising conflicts in Ukraine and in the Middle East that could flare up into nuclear war. Climate change bringing environmental catastrophe and extreme weather. The growing collapse of the church in the West. China's growing military and economic influence abroad and economic uncertainty at home that could lead to open conflict. And in the United States, social breakdown and street-level crime, the challenges to democracy and to civilization itself reflected in campaigns related to the upcoming elections, rising levels of hate speech and hate crime, and the classic California trifecta of earthquakes, flooding, and brush fires, and much, much more. There is one great reason not to be afraid and it's reflected in the portion of the Gospel of John that will be read in the vast majority of churches all over the world this coming Sunday, John 1, 6-8, and 19-28. It begins, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. John was sent by God. So was that the key to his fearlessness? As in the words of Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Yes, sort of, but there's more. And there's a difference between knowing that we are secure in God and in believing it. It is the difference between asking rhetorical questions and trusting God when it's difficult to do so. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor and theologian who, unlike many Lutherans, stood up to and resisted the evils of Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. He was imprisoned and executed near the end of World War II as the Allies closed in. But as a colleague once observed, everybody wants to be Bonhoeffer until it's time to be Bonhoeffer. I read a story years ago about Nikita Khrushchev, who was premier of the Soviet Union right after the Stalinist era. Joseph Stalin tolerated no dissent and had been responsible for the deaths of between six and nine million people as a result of purges, ethnic cleansing, deportation, starvation, and incarceration in concentration camps. Millions more may have died in World War II as the result of Stalin's purges of qualified generals, according to an article by Ian Johnson in the New York Review of Books. Khrushchev had been an associate of Stalin, but when Stalin died, he campaigned for Stalin's job under a platform against the evils of Stalinism. He spoke at a large gathering of communists during this campaign, and at the end of his speech, he sat down and asked if there were any questions. 
A voice from the back of the hall said, You were there. Why didn't you do something? Khrushchev leaped to his feet and stretched to see. He wasn't very tall, turned beet red and screamed, Who said that? The room went totally silent. Khrushchev relaxed, sat down, and said, Now you know. What enabled John to stand up and preach in desperate conditions and with resistance from principalities and powers? We get another look in the second section of Sunday's Gospel reading. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. John had many reasons to be afraid. He was not the Messiah. He did no miracles. He had no divine power to validate who he was. He was not Elijah, who many did believe would return before the Messiah came, in Malachi 4.5. He was not the prophet predicted by Moses, we see in Deuteronomy 18.15. And he had one great reason not to be afraid. He was sent by God. He had a vocation, a calling. God was bringing in the kingdom. The Messiah was coming. John was called to prepare the way. He was a prophet. The religious leaders sought to discredit him. He was hated by the local Roman government and would eventually be imprisoned and executed by them. But that didn't matter. John lived by faith, not fear. Each of us, like John, has a calling. It is our vocation. The root word for vocation is the Latin word vocare, or to call. We each have a ministry, a calling, to carry out in daily life. And though we have many reasons to be afraid, fear does not define us. God does. These are the how reasons that John was and we are able to stand without fear, but they still do not answer the question of why John was able to stand without fear. I saw a meme years ago quoting Yoda in the Star Wars movie The Phantom Menace, speaking to Anakin Skywalker, who later becomes Darth Vader. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And next to it, the Apostle Paul was quoted saying in Romans 5, 3 through 5, And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. That is the reason John stood without fear. 
It is the reason that we stand without fear. It is the central reality of the Christian life. The Holy Spirit makes all baptized believers into a new creation. We are born again because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. John writes in 1 John 4, 7 through 8, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. This love is selfless, sacrificial love. It is God at work on the cross. And what does this love do? John tells us a few verses later in 1 John 4.18, And there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. Perfect love casts out fear. It sounds like fear is something that is alien to us, and it is. We weren't created for fear. We were created for a perfect relationship with God and harmony with all of creation. But we rejected God and evil entered the world. How can we return to Eden? Can we achieve perfection in love? No. Where does this love come from? It can only come from God. We receive this love in the perfect relationship that God gives us through faith in the one true living God. It redefines us. As John writes in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. It's been said that the Bible uses the words fear not or don't be afraid or something that's equivalent 365 times, one for every day of the year. I can't say that I have counted them, but that sounds about right. God has made us new. Even when we fear, which sometimes is a good thing, We know that there is a foundational level of our existence that is free from fear, just as we can be depressed and at the same time know that we are filled with joy. This is a broken world, and it will not be made whole until the last judgment and there are new heavens and a new earth. Meanwhile, we live in the grace of God. We have been made free. We have moved from death to life. Death has no more dominion over us. Jesus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. We could give in to fear. We could go along to get along. We could compromise with the world and justify it as necessary. We are, after all, sinners as well as saints in this world. But that is not a part of our new character as reborn children of God. As has been said, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. We simply join John the Baptist every day to answer God's call. We live in the already but not yet perfected kingdom of God. We live as the people of God, called, equipped, and sent into the world to proclaim and point to Jesus crucified, risen, and coming again. There are many good reasons for us to be afraid in this world, and there is one great reason not to. Jesus said in John 16.33, I have said this to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage. 
I have conquered the world. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.